welcome to the Real Trail Runners of Jersey podcast. This is a show about the running scene here in Jersey, uh, where we talk to people who run, uh, what makes them tick and, and how they do it. Uh, the podcast is hosted by Lee Bennett and myself, Paul Burrows. Good evening and welcome to the Real Trail Runners of Jersey. This is part two of the Dan Doherty episode. Uh, really pleased to have him back. We had such a great chat last time. I think we got about an hour and 10 minutes on the clock and uh, we just decided we'd do a bit more because it was just so interesting. So Dan has promised us this time that he's going to tell us about the time he fell off a cliff, I believe. Uh, his most scenic craps rated from one to five and best hallucinations amongst other things. So how are you doing, Dan? Are you all right? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Uh, thanks Good. for having me back. You've given me a week to think about those craps, which is which is <laughs> Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know. You were just tell us there, uh, Dan. You've been to Brecon um, for a, sorry, not Brecon. It was Pembroke, wasn't it, for a, for a week on holiday? Sort of half holiday, half meeting the other half's, half's parents, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was lovely. It was uh, it's a different different way of running uh, coastal path compared to the mountains. Um, you know, although it's still quite up and down, it's it's a different style of up and down. It's quite sharp and, and yeah. short climbing and descending. Um, as opposed to sort of the, I suppose you could say that the running in the British mountains is short and sharp climbing compared to the Alps, but yeah. uh, the, the, the coastal path can be, can be quite savage. Um, you're running sort of reasonable lengths of you know, yeah. in training. Well, that's our territory, really, in Jersey, isn't it? There's a lot of coastal paths, obviously, along the north. It's uh... yeah, that's the thing when you've got those short, sharp climbs that are on coastal paths. Do you still manage to? Because I think it's the last time you said that you actually managed. You, were, you ran around all of this island. So was it the same when you were running where you were recently? I think with the, the coastal paths, it's it's slightly different because some of it is so steep, so steep that, that it doesn't make sense to run it at all. <laughs> like You may at the beginning want to do that, but you're going to pay for it later on. Um, and, and actually, sometimes even though I do it in the mountains, sometimes I'm running up a mountain thinking, actually, if I walk this, speed walk this, I'll be going faster. It'll be going quicker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Um, have you ever run in Dorset at all? I think done... so. I've, I've, run in so many, I've done so many of those um, races that the guys do down there. Um, yeah. I forget the name of the organisers. That is there. brutal. That is brutal. They do all these races around there and Wales, coastal park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've done hills there. There's mm. some hills there where you're, you know, it's literally like that. And uh, I think you always think of mountains as just being like that. But I guess, you know, like in Snowdonia, it's, you know, you obviously climb up and then you're kind of going from peak to peak, really, aren't you? And then very rarely sort of dropping right down to the valley floor and stuff. So it's... Uh... It's, it's a weird one. And it's weird how so many people in the UK do reasonably well in European mountain races mm. because they, they are different. Like, you know... Yeah. There's nowhere in the UK unless you're doing hill reps on Ben Nevis mm. where you're running downhill for an hour, you know. So so where, where are you getting that training from? You know, that continuous impact on the same muscle groups, um, you know, on your yeah. quad continuously. Because in the Brecon Beacons, you're not running downhill for more than five minutes, you know. Yeah. You know, so even in the Lake District, you're not running downhill for that long. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's amazing you look at some of the the good runners that the UK field on things like UTMB and all the other European races. Um, yeah. it, it's, 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 it's a weird thing. Cause you know, the first thing of training of course is, is training an environment that you're going to race in. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I think some some have got savvy and they've moved to the Alps to to train. Or spend a lot of time in the Alps. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, I remember uh, one of the we used to have old boys hanging around the Ben Nevis race all the time. You know, and they they they've done it years ago with a pair of you know shiny shorts on and some old fashioned walshes and just off you go. And they they would describe they used to describe the race as being a bunch of folk that looked like half opened uh, pocket knives. <laughs> <laughs> so basically no nobody ran at all it was just yeah. impossible and it, and it made yeah. that, like your point there dan you know that it, it made no sense at all um so they, they looked like sort of half folded just just as if you yeah. know pushing on the quads hands on yeah. the quads pushing. I mean, the, the different species up there as in like hardy real hardy i, I remember uh, i was wrecking the um the, the round up there in the highlands and oh, yeah. uh, I was with a guy called Stuart, Stuart Eyre, who is, is a good mountaineer. He's a good trail runner, a good long-distance mountain runner, really hardy guy. And we got about three quarters of the way up Ben Nevis, and it, it started to get a bit aggressive. So we were like, literally every piece of kit we had on us was on us. You know, it wasn't the bag. And you know what, like, runners are like, you know, they keep that to the last minute. And we were, it was brutal. The wind, there was... Hail, there was literally all the seasons and it was so aggressive. We got to the top, absolutely smashed to pieces by the weather. And there was a guy just walking down with a tinny in his hand in a in a t-shirt and jeans. Right, lads, you know, like obviously a local <laughs> walking past. And we're like, what the hell? You know, it's like how is he surviving? I love it when when that stuff like that happens. You you go to Snowden, don't you? You know, any any time of the year, and you see people walking up Snowden in flip flops and stuff with ghetto yeah. blasts. The same thing, you know. And it's like you're kind of all kitted out in the. But that can go disastrously wrong. There was a guy I don't know if you read it in the newspaper um, for charity. He had to go up in a pair of pants, and he got he got airlifted down. <laughs> <for that thing. laughs> I'm not entirely sure what the thought process is there, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not to take kit just in case it goes pear shaped. We used to get it all the time, and then because some of my mates used to work in the mountain rescue, you would get this real aggression towards them. You know course, what, yeah. what are you doing up there with a pair of flip flops and shorts? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So there was there were sides of it that were that were you know the locals never did that. The locals were kind of up there. They knew what they were doing and that was the case. There was always, always people that just didn't know the environment and the mountain yeah. rescue team would just go apoplectic at these. Because we were just talking about that, weren't we, Paul, about the, you, you've been there, the, the, the path up Ben Nevis. It's almost, it's almost like a, it's, it's, it's quite an easy path to, to, to walk actually because it's, it's you know, it's, it doesn't have a train like, you know, um, Snowden. Snowden has a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it definitely is easy. So it traps people into thinking they can just still up and down with flip-flops and shorts and stuff like that. But, but yeah, you're right. But then again, Dan, you were you know, telling us last time that you were halfway up, um, halfway up a mountain outside your back door and there's the army folk turning up with folk. <laughs> Yeah, which makes that story I was talking about, that guy, you know, I'm reasonably hardy in the mountains and I can yeah. in pretty much cold weather now having been tuned to it. Yeah. The same with you who I was running with. So to see a guy where when we're in full kit, walking in a T-shirt and a tin in his hands, <laughs> <laughs> whatever he was drinking, it must have been pretty strong because he was... Yeah. Really- <laughs> Yeah, a little bit definitely. of whiskey in there as well, like so. <laughs> There'll be something in there, yeah, definitely. Last uh, episode, we covered quite a few of the races that you've done. 
Um, so one of the questions I wanted to sort of ask you was what, what's been your proudest moment so far as a runner? I gave that some thought and I think um, difficult to pin down one. I think there's the most, the obvious one for me would be winning the anglo Celtic plate for Ireland. Um, yeah. So one of my first appearances, and that was, that was interesting. So sort of my first appearance internationally was running the 100k um in perth um in in scotland not australia um and uh yeah and i first met the irish team up there um in the hotel and i was sharing i forget the name of the guy now but he's an absolute legend and i was sharing the room with him mm. and the night before the race, he, he, came, he, he came in drunk. Like he, he'd been drinking. <laughs> nice. And in the morning, as we're having breakfast, he's outside having a fag. Brilliant. Nice. And I, if you recall, I say, like, for 100K, it's quite a clinical race in that you'll have sort of <laughs> 60, you'll have 60 bottles of, of your, your drink with, like, a, um, you know, a gel sellotape to the, to the bottles yes. so you can literally grab it off them and crack on. Yeah. We all, each of us had a table with all this kit on and we're running through with these guys going, right, let's say at 6K, we have this one on, 8K, I want that one. And yeah. this guy say, I just have a cup of tea and a digestive around and that would do me. What a legend. What a legend. And I had a story about him as well, is that once he, they were doing uh, the 24-hour race, and I don't know if you've ever seen that race, but what if you're running around a track for 24 mm. hours, once you hit the 24-hour mark, you literally stop where you, you know, just stop, stop and sit down where on the track so they can measure that last little bit. Yeah. Apparently, you got a, a, a bit of a bollocking for sort of um, smoking on the track <laughs> while he was waiting for them. But, uh, yeah, it's that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So yeah, so, so to go from that sort of and and then that one I came about seven or eight. Um, I did quite a few of these things to then run in that same place again several years later um and win it um yeah was 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 quite was really nice that was great because it's that kind of you know being proud of sort of representing your country and against yeah. you know great runners from england and scotland and wales but then i think from a you know pure effort basis it has to be sort of the tour de Jones, um which i keep going back to that race and it is special but when, when you think at the time you don't really think much about it, but when you when you go when you think back to it and you think of the numbers in your head, it doesn't make sense. Mm. Like to run for two hundred miles nonstop, yeah, eighty three hours without any sleep. Yeah, like the bottom of my feet were detached. Like I could feel like my my feet were moving, but the skin at the bottom of my feet were in my shoe. Oh, Jesus. Oh you talk God. about hallucination. Um, at, by the end, I was like, in Italy, they love it. So like, they were like, you know, every two minutes you get cyclists come up to you. And I, and I was touching these people because I, I didn't think they were real, you know. And you know, I was like, thanks to you. And I, I remember looking at my feet, and it didn't make sense to me that like, as I was running, I was looking at them hit the floor. And I was like, I can't feel the floor, you know. <laughs> it, it, really, it was really weird. Like, and then I would wow. go through holes and mud and everything else. And yeah. there wouldn't be any change in feeling. Wow. It, it was a very weird time. And then you think, you know, you think about those, you know, it's like running from from London to Manchester plus some and yeah. climbing Everest twice from sea level. You know, you, 
difficult to get your head around those numbers. Not really puts it into context, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think from that that perspective, that was, and I didn't go into that race with any expectations. Um, you know, there was some, some, it start, you know, that race started to to attract some some, some talent in Baden's. Um That was that was nice. And then I, at the end, I got um, my trophy signed by uh, Bruno. Bruno is a local legend around there who had many of the um, records for Killian broke them. You know the, the Alpine Mountains, so that was a, a a beautiful time actually. So, how did you get into the Irish setup then? What was what 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 was the sort of journey there? It's a bit of a weird one actually, because I, you know, if if I'm fair to myself, I think I would have definitely from sort of 2012 to maybe 2018 probably got into the GB team as well. Yeah. Um. And and looking at the times, I would have probably finished second in in those squads in, in many of the races. Um, yeah. but it was just, you know, as you can tell by my accent, um, I'm you know, <laughs> born and bred in Ireland, <laughs> Brighton. Um, I thought I thought detected a bit of cork in there actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So so my family from Donegal, and you know, I've grown up very much with sort of an Irish background. Yeah. Culture. Um. So. When it when I sort of started when I realised I you know was doing all right in my races, I just spoke to a guy called Richard Donovan who managed the squad then, and just said that you know I've been running these races, these are my kind of numbers, this is where I'm finishing. You know, I'd love to run for Ireland, and he said, "Yeah, see you in Perth." Simple as that. Um, That's cool. So yeah, I mean it's it's all down to him. He he was. Uh, you know, he, he was like he's not with us anymore. He's still alive. Um, <laughs> he's a great guy, and he organises some of these Antarctic, Arctic sort of runs and right. you know, these real extreme races running around the world and stuff like that. And yeah. he, at the time, sort of the Irish ultra running scene was was, was there was very little um, uh, resource given by the Athletics Association there. So he actually paid for everything out of his own pocket. He flew us everywhere he wow yeah you know, he paid for all our accommodation everything the whole team so you know, yeah it, it was amazing and actually he he organized when we did the i think it was in about 2014 ish he organized the world trail running championship which was held in um in galway uh, that was amazing and right. it was absolutely amazing to see american runners trying to run an island like yeah. Like you can see the, where's the path well, there isn't one it's just straight through this bog <laughs> and they, they could not understand that concept of uh, and, and get I, in there. I remember wrecking, i was wrecking it with a, a few of the lads um that were in the squad at the time and i remember us coming off this mountain thinking if we keep this because we were like wrecking in the route and, and advising sort of richard yeah this is good this is bad and whatever i remember saying lads if we keep this in we're going to end up with some fatalities. You know, like literally half our shoe was holding on, clinging on to the side of the mountain, thinking, oh my God. yeah, this is not a race material there. But um, yeah. Yeah. it was savage. It was, I remember they had the sort of, um, they had uh, Channel 4. So if you go onto uh, YouTube, it's actually the whole race is on there. It's, it's really good to watch if you if kind of things. But I remember there was a, a guy with me who was in Team GB and he was, we were only sort of a few miles before the finish line and he was running across this bog 
And I don't know how this guy was doing it, but the Channel 4 guy had, you know, a massive camera. I mean, like half the size of a human being. And he was skipping along this clock. Like, wow. no one. <laughs> and this Team GB guy just disappeared. <laughs> he just <laughs> he disappeared. All you can see is his hands up, like, in the air. Oh, my God. Push yourself up. But it was savage. But definitely, like, the, the, I think a Canadian came second, but the rest of the team and the American did not know what to do because it was mountainous as well. They yeah. didn't expect a trail run to be mountainous. So some were on top of mountains going, hang on, what's going on here? Yeah. Some were like wedged in bog. Others didn't yeah. know what was going on. It was it was a beautiful introduction to sort of mm. island and, and I, Irish Irish trail running. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. you know, especially in these places, like you don't really have that many sort of footpaths and stuff. It's still very much private land. So right. I think yeah. Richard got permission to have the race through some of this area. And there's literally nothing to follow other than like these flags. Um, yeah, that was. How did the Irish guys do? Did they, because yeah, of home advantage? Yeah, we didn't do too bad. Um, it was always the way. Every single world championship I've ever done, I've always finished 16. It, it doesn't matter whether it was 100K 16th. mountain. Yeah, <laughs> it was mad. Everything I ever finished was 16. Um, so it would always be the US team would finish sort of, uh, apart from this one, um, would finish. It would be US, uh, UK, France, and Italy. So there'd be right. five of those guys. Um, that would always sort of be in the in the front. I think we finished fifth overall in the world champs. That's that's pretty decent then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that was very early in my career. Sort of, I think you know, that, that was my first sort of trail run, like international. Yeah. That was quite an introduction then. Yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. And to be the first Irish guy home as well was 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 nice. It sounds at that point with that guide, you know saying, well, actually, trail running is also local to the place. This is how we trail run. You know, it, and, and now even looking at some of the more, um, I guess, I wouldn't say prestigious, but more expensive runs, like Salomon sort of series and stuff like that, where they, they're running they're running a Mamor, you know, they're running the, the you know, and it's, it's more, it's got much more scrambling than it has actual running. You know, so that sounds as though that was the sort of meeting point of all that stuff. Yeah. You know, that you were a part of it must have been really exciting Dan yeah it was it was um it's certainly something I've, I've never experienced before um it, like even like when you run in the UK a lot of the stuff is is footpaths and you know national yeah. trust I suppose that's just the mm. history of the place isn't it it's there's lots of sort of um byways and yeah what what else um but to actually experience this where you you're running across mountain ridges and through bog and mm. through stuff that you would never be allowed to do because it's all privately owned and it's, it's not manicured. There's no manicuring going on here. It's just left to yeah. be. Um, was, 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 was really nice. And actually, funny enough, there's a few places in the Brecon Beacons that are still a little like that where, you know, it doesn't attract many tourists and it, yeah. it's just... It's real crap. <laughs> I say that in a nice way. Like it's yeah, yeah. Horrendous. I remember before living in the Brecon Beacon, and there's this long ridge that sort of goes up to, it starts in Pencilli or Pencathli, um, and it's just about three miles of slog up bog 
up yeah. to Benham from a very weird angle. But at this time, it had snowed. So, and I was wearing shorts, and, and so was this other guy. So we would have, like, I don't know, a foot of snow or whatever it was. And underneath that was bog. And that yeah. bog was ice cold. And <laughs> we weren't running. We were just shuffling along, freezing cold. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden disappearing in the snow. But we just loved it. You know, because that was... That's what I'm just... saying. It's, it's that aliveness. And I used to love that. You know, it was always a, a sheep track that we followed or or something, you know, there was never, ever paths. You just kind of went for the least line of resistance. And, uh, and but it was that, like, as you're describing it, it, it sounds like that kind of just aliveness. You know, I'm there. Wow, I'm in shorts. It's, you know, it's full of snow. It's full of mud. You know, there's nothing more visceral than than being yeah. shocked into uh, <laughs> a sense of what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> and what great prep as well, you know. I mean, we talk about, you know, going off and doing stuff like the UTMB and stuff, but but that is like, you know, that sort of terrain. It's energy sapping, it's this, it's that, and whatever. It's amazing. But it's great. It is great prep, isn't it, for going off to, you know, all sorts of things, really. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, going back to that sort of, why do sort of the UK guys do quite well on European stuff? I think, you know, there is, you have to put a lot of time in, timing but mm. there's so much sort of that tough of of mm. mud and yeah like, it, it, you have to put so much more energy in each step that it mm. strengthens your legs so much that you know i'm not saying that's sort of the the key to success but it adds to your strength training definitely yeah yeah um also adds to you know pulling your ass yeah pulling yeah, your ass and it's your head, isn't it, though, Dan? Don't you, you know when you get into those things, when you get going in those things, and you get in, and it sounds like it's it's that kind of yeah, okay, this is this is hard, this is this is really hard, you know, and, and yeah, actually when you get when you get glorious sunshine and you're running through the Alps on on nice soft, yeah. uh, you know, hard pack, you're kind of going, oh well, I can. Can, and it's maybe how you frame it as well, then, isn't it? Because somebody might be in that situation going, "Joe, this is freaking terrible," like you know. But you know, but it, but if you're saying I'm loving this because you're taking what you can from it, which is you know that sort of connectedness to the land and you know mm. lesser known paths and whatever, that's got to be good for mental toughness as well, hasn't it? There's times where I've gone out and I shouldn't have done. Like the weather has been that bad. Yeah. I ploughed through it, and even a couple of times I thought, am I going to make it back? Like, it's been that serious. Yeah. And then I jump in the car, I drive home 10 minutes, and I'm back at my desk doing work. And then all of a sudden, Bonkers. something hit me, and I go, Jesus. Like, who, who lives like this? Like, you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it just feels, it feels so great. Or, like, yeah, I, I do something like that, and I run down, and there's all people there, and sort of, you know, they're... Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're getting there because there's burger vans there. They're wearing burgers and that. And I've just done, had a horrible, like, four-hour run. <laughs> I'm absolutely stinking. I've, like, fallen over. I've plowed through every different kind of weather you could have. Yeah. You know, I've climbed everything. I've done all the mountains there yeah. and yeah. come back. And, like, with no water and no food or anything like yeah. that. And I just jump in the car and I'm gone. You know, and there's no way. I don't even change my shoes. I'm just in the car and I'm gone. Like, yeah. you know. I think Heater's on. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. You know, I've, I've yeah. Actually, yeah, and I've had days where my hands are so cold and frozen that I've had to sit in the car and like just like you know murmur to myself like because <laughs> like I'm in so much pain. Um, you know, it's 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 been yeah. That's a part and parcel of it. Is is like it is, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, I just there'd been no attraction. I'd, you know, I, I wouldn't but, be here. But to me, what you're saying there, like, sounds sounds really good. You know, it is that sort of thing where, like you say, you 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 do the run and you're back at your desk ten minutes later. It's like you know when you're training and you go and knock out a half marathon before work or you know whatever. You know, it's it's, it's all these sorts of things that you you're putting in, which you know a lot of people aren't doing, but you're doing it because you love it and 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 it's paying you back as well, isn't it? You know, it's it's paying you back in experiences and. I mean, there's a fine line. I've I've sort of taken guys out for a run, and there's one we did uh, a while back, and actually it was very much on that visuals tenure about with the bog and everything else. Yeah. And they they were doing a race there. Um, I can't remember what it was, but there was a guy just curled up underneath this rock, hypothermic. Like obviously what? didn't read the instructions about take a, a wind jacket with him. <laughs> um, so I spin it off to the checkpoint, say that you've got a guy down there. He's not looking too great. <laughs> Um, but like you know, so like the, you can't take it too far, you know. And, and yeah, yeah. even yeah. I made a, a stupid mistake, um, getting complacent. But I, I did a a fifty mile training run about two three weeks ago, and I only had a wind sort of gel jacket on me. And by the end, I was in trouble. Um, yeah. You know, I was sort of like, am I gonna am I gonna get it back? You know, is it one of those things where you go, you say, yeah. come on. Come on, come on, you know, and and you yeah. and you've lost the will. Like you're like, you're like, I need to. I should really be having a gel. I was like, no, I'm not going to have a gel. I just, I just need to get back on that road and know that I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which sort of for someone like myself who runs all the time should know better. But you know, so it, it, it you can become complacent. Of course, with it. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess then you know, it's like you sort of think then, well, I won't make that mistake again. You know, I, you know, because you've had the reprieve sort of thing. I mean, yeah. The, but then you know you'll. You, you only know you only know where your um where your edges are if you if you go to them, don't you? I suppose the key is not to find the other side of that edge. Not, not to fall no, off it. There's, yeah, there's no reflect, there's no reflection going on after that one. It's uh... <laughs> so lead, leading on from that. There's another question, which is the, the the most what the hell am I doing here moment? What would you say that was from from the races or? training runs you've taken part because they sound equally as epic your training runs to be honest my training ones have always been weird like if if anyone tells you sorry sorry, if if you know if anyone looked at my training runs three four plus years ago they'd be like what's this guy doing i mean i I would literally go out as hard as i could every run like i'm not saying that would be fast but it would be hard based on how, how deep I am in the week. So even if I'm yeah. at 80 miles, done 80 miles that week, I'll still be out running as hard as I can, albeit yeah. seven and a half minute mining or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I don't, don't really know what it was I was trying to do there. Um, but I, I'm one of these runners that I can't run at a slow, slower pace. Like, you know, my pace has to become slow because I'm tired. Well, yeah. if I'm feeling energetic and fresh, yeah. I cannot physically go out and say, right, I'm going to run eight-minute miles. I, yeah. I, I can't do that. I don't know why. Um, yeah. I'm sure I can, but, like, I just yeah. just not in my nature. So I will go out and just go by feel. So yeah. I never – I'm not one to sort of – I'm not one for numbers and stuff. So I won't sort of say, right, I'm going to do a X by X by then and X by yeah. – Yeah. Negative splits or whatever. Or yeah, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. go down well. It's not a great thing in the in – yeah. I suppose you can do it to a certain extent, but 
it's, it's a hard one. Yeah, I just go by Phil. Mm. But um, mm. and there are quite a few of sort of what am I doing here? And I suppose <laughs> it goes back to what I was saying a while back, where I kind of lost lost the impetus to run. Sort of the the whole I've lost the love for racing. Yeah. I got that quite a lot, and um, yeah, there's quite a few races I I did then, sort of even international ones. I did an international in Portugal. I've never DNF'd an international until then, and you know I did the Tour de Jones a couple more times. And all of those, I was just like, what am I doing here? I'm struggling, and and just walk off. I would yeah. literally just walk off the thing and not having fun. And I, and and I think really I should have stopped then. I, I had so many DNFs. So I would keep doing races because I convinced myself that I was in the right place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and not enjoy it and not perform well and just walk off. Um, mm. Rather than actually completing it and getting the satisfaction of completing a long-distance race, for example. Yeah, yeah. It's reasonably well, but not sort of, oh, well, I'm not going to get a podium in this race. I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And I just completely yeah. lost the plot with all of this. Um, so... Yeah, I think I had quite a few of those. I have to say, you know, the story that you told last time about when you were in second place at the TDG uh, mm. really resonated. I thought it was such a... Totally. That, that was obviously the moment, I think. You, you said that you never really recovered mentally from that. And I think that's that was the catalyst, wasn't it, for all of these things that you were... All the DNFs and stuff. I guess now, because you're obviously going to be taking on the Dragon's Back this year, would you say you're back in a good place now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Um, I just mentioned there, sort of a couple of weeks back, I, I did a, a 15 mile training run, which is, um, I forgot how much sort of like you need to be in the right mindset to do 50 miles on your own. That's not a race, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, there's no checkpoints, there's nothing like yeah. water out of a stream. You it's a really want way. it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a long way. Um, and I think that's a good sign like of, yeah. of where my mind's at and, um, that I'm going out to train to complete this race, you know, and yeah, yeah, well, that's great, but it's I need, I need, I think I need to go out and do a race and complete it, yeah, um, and sort of put those ghosts to bed, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 you know, I'm, I'm running quite a bit now, so the fitness will come back. Um, my training yeah. will come back. Um, yeah, I, I see no reason why I can't be in in the same kind of shape that I was when I was doing well. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm looking to do the South Wales Traverse or the Brecon Beacons Traverse, as it's called as well, um, yeah. in record attempt in, in June. So that will be a good indicator of where, mm. I, where I'm at. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've just ordered a, a Nordic track uh, bike, which is a bit like uh, what they call those Peloton things. Um, and also the cross trainer. I, I'm a massive fan of the elliptical. I think if yeah. you're in hill running or mountain training, it's a great way to to work on those muscles and and, right. and train sort of from a cardio and strength perspective. Okay. Um, with, without, with, yeah, with, with, without high impact. So um, yeah, it's kind of um, sort of core as well, I guess. Is it? Or? Yeah, and, and your arms as well. And, and a lot of people nowadays, especially in Europe, like to use sticks, don't they? So mm. yeah, I, that, actually, funny enough, one of the things, if, if, if there's any advice I can give to anyone who's doing, looking to do a real long run with sticks, mm. is don't forget your arms. 
you know, you know, yeah. you know people like don't forget leg day. If you're a runner, don't forget arms day. Arms day. Yeah. I I suffered from tendonitis in my arms so quickly doing things like Tour de Johnson, real long. Just I like I don't you know the only exercise my arms get are through running. You know, yeah. and there's not much going on there. So having to, especially when you get tired, you start leaning on the on on the sticks. Yeah. Holes and and you, you, your arms are taking that that you know. The, the so I'm guessing I'm guessing then you only use poles for the TDG or the longer races. Is that right? Or yeah, I think you need. To, I mean, there's a lot of snobbery, isn't there, over here on sticks, which yeah, is yeah. enough. And if you're running up in a van or something, yeah, yeah, what's going on? But I think if you go into a race um, in Europe and you don't have sticks, you're at disadvantage because everyone, Massively. you know. If the locals have sticks, <laughs> um, yeah. What, what's the advantage then? It's a game changer. It is a game changer. It is. What, you, what is it? What is it? Load, aren't you shifting load off your legs and yeah. your arms as well? Definitely mm. helps take the load off your legs, doesn't it? Yeah. If you, but the sticks are a, a, an interesting one because if if you don't know how to use them, they're a hindrance. More likely to cause you repetitive brain issues um yeah. and also they do change your gait so um yeah you need to be conscious of that and you need to definitely train with them yeah. um the, the, of course the issue as well is uh people getting injured because people in front of them are using it. yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's just what i was gonna say that's just what i was yeah. gonna say I, I, I remember doing some training with a guy and he brought out sticks one day and i honestly i nearly took it off him and stabbed him with it yeah. The amount of times that he, the amount of times that he clattered me with it, I could not believe it. I did, um, I did Transvolcania, and I did them without poles, right? Thinking, oh, I'll be fine. Regretted that decision. And I remember, you know, we started at sea level, and obviously <laughs> you're climbing, right, zigzagging up to two and a half thousand meters. I wasn't anywhere near the front, so you can imagine how many people there were with poles, like you know, like behind, you know, just oh yeah. my god, it was just it was carnage, honestly. It was. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose the, the other benefit of them is is you're not, you know, if you're doing a 100-mile run or 200-mile run, you're not running 200 miles and you're not running 100 miles. You're running, you know, the flats and the downhills and the uphill yeah. after you've done, you know, maybe after you've run the first 30 miles, your legs aren't going up a hill for an hour yeah. running. Yeah. So I think that's where the, the sticks go up. How you, you, you know, you're walking. It's like having, I suppose, a... A railing, isn't it, or something that like you can hold on to as you? Yes. As you yeah, kind yeah. Of, they kind of simulate that. Nor is that not che- is that not cheating? Well, I suppose it's only cheating if 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 they say if they only allow a certain number of people to to use them or. Um, but I suppose if it's a level playing field, then yeah, I suppose you, it's the same thing with trainers. Like this argument is going on at the moment with trainers and whether certain parts of this technology is. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, good point. Good point. If it was down to me, everyone would be just running in their pants, like the PE days back. Yeah. In the- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I did the marathon de Saab, right in 2013, I didn't take poles again, and I would go out every day, you know, fast as I possibly could, and then hang on for dear life at the end. And I would always hear click clack click clack click clack some twat with a pair of poles coming past me like, you know and that's me thinking oh i'm billy big balls you know i so yeah i mean they they definitely you know they are they are good you know <laughs> so is, 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 is that quite hard how, how does the stick how do the sticks work in the sand 
Um, well, I think they put they've got like um, sand baskets, you know, so it's like a wider sort of um, oh, okay, thing yeah. at the bottom, which so it's like distributes the weight a bit more. But um, to be honest, it's fairly gravelly, um, you know, like um, not 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 much of it is actually dunes. To be fair, so it is yeah. fairly, you know. So there's a lot of Europeans were using them, and they were just yeah, click clack click clack. And I'd always hear click clack. I think shit, it's like you know you're being caught up by somebody with poles when you've just left your entire body and soul out on the desert you know <laughs> when you're racing i just always hate hearing someone that come up behind you because yeah overtake me um yeah and then yeah. you know you, I, I, I i step up my game real hard especially <laughs> yeah. in the early races and i would like be knocking out like six minute mining and i've got 93 miles to go i'm like this <laughs> overtake me then realizing at the end that it was a fifty miler rather than a hundred mile race. Yeah, in relay runner, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I've done that a few times. <laughs> do you ever, um, do you ever, Dan? Do you, what be interesting? Do, do you ever look behind you? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I think uh, I'm always, I'm always conscious of who's. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially sort of in the internationals, um, and I'm thinking, you know, if I'm in sixteenth place or whatever it is. And you, Kind of got a general idea. You could be in tenth, or you could be in sixteen. Uh, six, five people in between you, only over eighty k. But then you're thinking, well, there could be like a group of three people behind me, and then that puts me in the twentieth place, and that's not as good as the teens. Yeah, you know, all these things yeah. are going through your mind, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, am I am I in the right place? Like, because if I haven't seen anyone for ages, yeah, of course. Which could be I, like for head torches and. I'm an, I'm an expert at getting lost in races. Like, absolutely. And that's why I think I love the Tour de Jones because every 10 metres, there's a flag. Um, really? <laughs> it's absurd. How they wow. Do um, but if, if, there's, if there is ambiguity, I will always take the wrong path. But I don't, yeah, I know how to use map and compass and everything else. But in a race condition, I'm like, I'm not looking at a map. I'm not looking at the compass, which is because I'm doing the dragons back in there. I know, yeah, I was going to say about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping a... I'll be able to wreck you most of that and do well. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, it's, I don't like that panic of looking at a map and pausing and knowing someone may not be looking at a map behind you and running. And I, yeah. it's that fear, isn't it? Yeah. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, look at it quickly, make a decision and run. And I, I, I don't like that. I get that stress at work. I don't want to do it in my running life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a nightmare. The reason why I ask is that you know at Unigroup for training running, sometimes paths converge, and there's nothing more awkward than converging with someone who's running at exactly the same pace as you on a trail path, and then when they converge, you're on the same trail path, and you don't know each other, and you've just caught up, and you, whether you're in front and you go, well, I go in front because if I go in front, I need to run faster. If I go yeah. behind, then I'm all right. But then I'm yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. I'm not as fast as you. Yeah, there's a lot of that actually. Runners passing each other and how that, how that, what the etiquette is there. And one of our questions actually for the Jersey runners that we tend to uh, ask at the end is, you know, as as you pass other runners on the avenue, do you wave or don't you? Just to see what the general sort of gist is. So, what what's your take on uh, that that sort of uh, thing? Do you? Oh, I usually stick my first. <laughs> no, I love it. I like you, Dan. I'm, I'm yeah. warming to you, Dan. I really am warming to you. Um, it's usually, it, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a nodder. So I've usually got music in my ear. Is the amount of people that must have said things to me over the years, I've ignored mm. past them with a nod. Um, yeah. 
Is that, but yeah, I, I acknowledge their existence. I think that's um, like yeah. in the same in the same thing around here. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, it, I've always I'm either listened to a podcast or, or music. Um, I, I don't understand these guys that sort of go out for eight hours training months or whatever with nothing. Yeah. yeah. I know I, I'm all with that sort of listening to nature and stuff, but yeah. there's a, eight hours. I mean, listen to it for 30 minutes. Great. Yeah. Or the screen great and stuff, but eight hours. What? It's a it long time. Force you to think about stuff that you don't want to think about. You know, I just want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I want to disassociate. I know. I'm feeling I'm feeling an episode three coming on here, Dan. I, I take it you know what my job is. <laughs> well, Dan, here's the killer question: What music do you listen to? Oh well, this is going to be unpopular because I'm 41 years old. I shouldn't be listening to this kind of stuff. But I listen to like house music. I like yeah, um, yeah. I like I like the um, I, I like I don't like all the wordy stuff on the money. I like the haunting vocals with beat, and you're in the mountains, and there's. Nice. I'm not. I'm not talking about like prodigy, and I'm not talking about this kind of stuff that you hear in clubs. It's more of like, as Steve Davis, who's apparently a DJ, as in the yes, stuff. yeah, he is. It's, it's yeah. more. It's more music, like electronic music, from the mature man kind old of old school house. Is it old school it's, like it's Renaissance? Kind of, it's kind of deep, like all modern day things. They're called like uh, Anjuna deep stuff like that, and it's all. Oh like, yeah, yeah, I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's all kind of deep, like. Haunting music, like you, it makes you feel like you're running in slow motion and the world is looking at you. That kind oh, of music. Nice. Is it, is uh, it um, like Sasha and Digweed sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's Sasha and Digweed. Yeah, that's all that's oh, cool. right. Okay, cool. But, nice. Yeah, but I sort of, yeah, it's more kind of, um, as opposed it's to like Deep House, it's, it is like Deep House, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, got yeah. a, it's got a melody, it's got a story behind it as well. Yeah, you know, I'm not taking any mushrooms while we're wearing anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you, you don't need to, man. You don't need to. You're you're, exactly. you're hallucinating anyway. You're fine. Going back to the story you told told about the Tour de Gion and falling out of love with running, I think that's something that can resonate with a lot of people. It definitely resonated with me because I definitely fell out out of love with running quite quite a while ago, and it's taken me a long time. To, to get back into you know running and and I'm still not back to sort of running races and stuff so I'm really interested to sort of hear your story about you know sort of getting back to getting it right up there really isn't it to sort of go back to to, to doing the dragon's back which is going to be you know a hell of a challenge it's, it's an interesting one and I think I think it comes from we're not an Olympic sport but um there is an elegant there's an element of Sort of arrogance and certainly for me doing very well in races expecting to win having sponsors being the bee's knees and it taking over your life like it yeah. took over my life i would run every spare minute everything would be revolved around running my eating my family mm. what i did my work would be second everything and running was everything so those sacrifices yeah. being made I would never, you know, I didn't have time for friends. Sorry, like if I had friends, they'd be utilizing my time when I should be running. Yeah. You know, and it, it was absurd, you know, and it, mm. you know, holidays would be where races were. You know, that yeah. would be it. It's like, you know, I'd say, oh, I love, I've uh, got a couple of weeks in Chamonix, um, but you won't see much of me, you know. And, <laughs> and, and you build up this, this kind of this tension where, like, it, it's not that important. 
And you know, when I look back at it, it wasn't that important. I wasn't amazing. I wasn't sort of. It wasn't making a living. You know, I wasn't making a living out of it. You know, it was great. I was sort of winning stuff, and I, I saw yeah. the fruit of my labor, so to speak. But yeah. to think about the sacrifices I was making, it wasn't that important. It's a race, you know, and yeah, yeah. it's not like Tour de France or whatever. I'm yeah. like, winning these sort of local races. Even UTMB, you win it. Like it doesn't really mean that much, you know. Yeah. Like in the in the long short of it, like you're not yeah. you're not going to give up work the next day if you win the UTMB. Sort of. You know, yeah, it's got yeah. a level. So I don't quite know what I was trying to achieve. Um, <laughs> and then, for whatever reason, I had a couple of falls off the mountains and, um, you know, like, I think sort of the, the life I was living was absurd. Like, the, the four hours driving a day to work, like, and the mm. training in between and the hips and the sitting on the chairs and everything else all yeah. just came to... Sort of a, a, a beautiful crescendo and sort of I I lost it and yeah. I started to uh, struggle in races and not started to not hit the sort of uh, position that I wanted to um, yeah. and then I would blame it on some stupid excuse like stomach problems or whatever and and, and really yeah. it was I wasn't enjoying it anymore because I yeah. was trying to um, I suppose get something out of running that it couldn't give me um, yeah because it, I was looking for value out of it. Well, you know, yeah. in, like, what, what can I get out of this? What, I, I want people, I want people to follow me on social media. I want to be a yes. runner. I want it all. You know, I want, yeah. I want to be the star for Scott Sports. And yeah, yeah. I want to be winning all these races, all, all this kind of stuff. And actually, yeah. I completely forgot about, and I, this is sort of um, a bit of a cliche, but I, I thought I completely... Got about the why I run in the first of place. Of course, yeah, yeah. Enjoy it, yeah. and I would never yeah. enjoy the the training anymore. Like I would go out, and it was to fill a purpose, which was to get up that hill, do hill reps, get back. Yeah, that was it. And like I would never think about that training session because it wouldn't yeah. mean anything because I'll be back there in a few hours' time doing it again. You know, they could. Yeah, just... yeah. And yeah. even someone wrote on my Strava like, "Is that all you do?" Like I, I literally like because it was like I must do ten thousand meters of training a week. Like climbing, yeah. so I would literally wake up first in the morning, drop the boy after school, or the thing. I would do four hill reps of Penavan, which is a thousand meters, and then oh, drive back. Then I would sort of do it again in the evening, which was another thousand meters. And yeah. it was two thousand meters a day. I had to do like that, and Jesus. Uh, in a day, I would climb Penavan like you know several, you know seven, <laughs> and it just completely lost its like the. Yeah, running yeah. up like sort of the the highest mountain in the south of the UK, and yeah, built up, and and I just you know with the injuries as well, I was then wasn't getting the training in, and then yeah. I convinced myself I was still good enough to go out and run two hundred miles without thinking about it, and yeah, but yeah, so I took a, a a year and a bit out and just let go of everything and just started doing twenty miles a week, and and then actually yeah. I was like, oh, I miss I miss all. Running and I miss. I, I I hate like I'd see the odd, yeah. you know, picture of someone up in the mountain going. Yeah, I used to, I used to do. That. I used to be quite good at that. Yes, yeah. Um, and it's all you know, it's back again. And that's you good. know, I'm, tomorrow I'm like thinking, right, I've got thirty miles. That's going to be enjoyable. And then, you know, yeah, I'll take some few things. To, I'll go around, no stress. And, yeah, it'd be so nice. You're, 
you're coming at it again from with the right reasons, really. Then, which sounds yeah, like. and I think everything else has fit in, into place. And so I'm on the age now, sort of you know, 40, 41, nearly forty-two. That I've only probably got if if I can get back to my fitness, probably only got sort of another three, maybe four, five years of like potentially competing for a proper podium. Yeah, as well as sort of an age rating one. So yeah. you know, you know, the likes of Damien Hall and you know, Steve Way and stuff like that, they're, they're all both older you know, and I think, and, you know, um, they're still doing very well. So I'm hoping there's a, a good few years left. I'm sure. I, I, I think it's it's, all, it's a, probably a lot more about the mental side of it. And if you've renewed that, then I think you probably have, yeah. haven't you? You know, I think that's the, the big thing. It's almost like you had to step away from it, isn't it? You know, to step mm. away from it, to sort of see, it's almost like, Sometimes when I talk to folk about that, that mentalness, if you like, it's, it's that sometimes we're in the river all the time, getting tossed around and not really enjoying it and trying to grab a hold of something, but we don't quite know what it is. But then all of a sudden, all we need to do is climb out of the river and sit at the side and just, just notice it for a bit and, and actually yeah. realise that maybe I'll just take a little break from that. I'll just, I'll just sit at the side for a bit and then dive in when it suits me, when I'm ready, when I've re-evaluated. That's what it sounds like. that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I mean, it's really like for me, like I said, having fallen out of love, with Rene, I, I can identify with that. And I think for my own personal thing, it's nice to see somebody having gone through that journey coming out the other side, I think. And I think, you know, a lot of people will identify with that. So why did you fall out of love with Rene? I kicked the ass out of it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2014, I ran seven round the rocks in seven days for charity and just absolutely broke myself and I've never been the same since like it's yeah. just absolutely uh yeah it was great at the time you know um but yeah just never really I touched on this earlier that sort of the the kind of guys that I was running with back in the day and I'm not talking like 1960 I'm talking 2012 13 <laughs> yeah they're not the scene anymore they're not yeah. the scene anymore. they're one or two but they've they've all like I, I you know I think we we came from a, a time when sort of we had to work it out ourselves. There wasn't all, you know, there weren't podcasts, there weren't yes, lots yeah. of training manuals and, you know, but like magazines. And we just go out and we would, you know, as you say, kick the ass out of it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Doing 100 miles, 150 mile weeks, like it was no one's business. And, and working know, a job and all that. All, yeah. yeah. And, and I think there's just like, there's, there's, like a lot of sort of 38 to 40 year olds that started mm. ultra running 10 years ago, they're just exhausted. You know, Definitely. And actually, I see a lot of them are just moving to, to cycling. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. you have to be careful. You know, it's it's running that those kind of distances, take it out of you. Yeah, I think so. And I think, like, I mean, I like you, I sort of stepped aside. I actually, so in 15, then myself and my my other half, we set up parkrun in Jersey. So that was quite a nice, I was still being involved with running, but I wasn't actually taking part. So that was a quite a nice way to still be involved. And then I set up, obviously, the trail running events. And, and through that, then I've sort of got back into running. And it's a really nice, you know, I, I do enjoy it again. But yeah, I do I do miss competing, though, um, I do have to say, you know, and sort of going and doing races. But I DNF'd a load and, and really lost all confidence, really. So it's, it's good, yeah. you know. But I think mm. it's it's right about you know sort of going through that kind of process, isn't it? And there is a a way out, so it's just mm. really cool. 
So tell us about when you fell off a cliff then, Dan. Come on, this is what everybody's waiting for. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I've I've had quite a few toe scrapes. And actually, I was thinking probably without even knowing, I think my closest scrapes in racing are probably cars running in the country lanes. I mean, you know, in all seriousness, actually, when you think about the dangers of running, yeah. Like I've always lived in the countryside pretty much and trained in the countryside and probably the closest calls I've ever had were cars just shooting yeah. around corners and seeing me. In fact, just yeah. I went for a, a, a run um, this afternoon and there was one guy that came around the corner too quick and gave me his hands of apologies just sort of like, <laughs> oh, no, I didn't see you there. I was going to be yeah. in the corner that I couldn't see. Um, the two times where I kind of thought, well, that could have gone very differently, and you know, I would have been alive to tell the story. Sort of the one of them was actually training. They were, it was this race, this sort of southwest coastal path, one hundred or whatever. It's the first time they ever did it, actually. Mm. And training for that, as you know, like with the a lot, a lot of the sort of coastal path runs, you end up coming down like a, a, a like a steep bank and then a sharp turn. Yeah. Rocks, you know get those kind of yeah yeah uh pathways and one i tripped as coming down the sh- uh, steep oh my god and he- literally tripped and went head first over the fence oh my god that was growing off the side of a cliff so if that wasn't there that would and thankfully i was training with uh with a buddy and because my feet were up in the air my head was in the bush so i couldn't oh like i couldn't get up um so thankfully he got me up <laughs> that, that wasn't the scrape so it's actually in the race yeah. So in the race, it was my first proper 100. I'd done the lately 100 book when I first started running in it. Five hours or whatever. But this one, I wanted to make a name for myself because it was kind of equivalent of, of doing the lately 100 um, mm. because I didn't have the knowledge of the lakes. Yeah. But I did recce this quite seriously. I went out hard. Mm. Um, I think at one point, I was about two hours ahead of second place. It was at night. And um, I think it's a place called in Cornwall Zena, Zenin, isn't it? And I just remember running and looked at the, the path just got faint. And the next minute, like, I was falling. And oh. I put my hands out and grabbed onto, I can't remember what it was now, but it was definitely some vegetation. And <laughs> below my feet, I could hear the waves crashing oh against the rock. Um, and because I, I was, it must have been, I don't know, maybe 14 hours in or whatever, and it's three in the morning or, or whatever, <laughs> shouting help. And I was thinking, who am I shouting help to, right? Like, the fish? <laughs> like, there's absolutely no one around. It's three o'clock in the morning. Second <laughs> place is way behind me. Yeah. And I, I just managed to find the brute strength to get myself over the edge of the cliff. Like, I, it, it happened so quickly. Like, it, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, sometimes I think I make it up, but I, I'm not. Like, I fell yeah. over the side and just grabbed hold of these branches and stuff. And thankfully, a lot of stuff grows off, off the side of cliffs. And Shit. I just managed to pick myself up and get up. And I just remember just sitting on the edge of the cliff for like a while just thinking like yeah. you know, that would have been it that was game there's nothing like there's no way i ever fell off 
there was no beach there. Like it was, even if I survived. No, nobody would have known where you were. Like no. it would have been, that's, that's bonkers. No. And, and, and you, you'd be aware of this yourself. Like there's a lot of like pathways that were used that they stopped using now because they're dangerous. And there's another pathway yeah, yeah. to it further inland that you yeah. I completely missed that at night. And again, laziness. I was saying to myself, look, I, I need to be knocking these miles out. I don't have time to change my head lamp. Like, yeah. things oh, are no. just going to mind. So I'll like, <laughs> squeeze a little bit more out. And I've probably completely missed the sign or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not the, probably the closest I've, I've, I've come to wow. the race was, was actually the Tour de Jones. Um, and there was, I think, it, it actually, it was the race. And I think, actually, this caused, because you recall, I when I was in second place um, in 2016 or whatever it was, I had this hamstring problem when, and I think it was because of this. So the for the lead pack, the first night you hit the highest point of the race, um, and it's about 3,200 plus meters up. Um, and... As I think the first four or five of us were climbing up it, they suspended the race because the snowstorm was coming in at the top. Um, and we got to the top, all the other guys stopped, put on their waterproof, and I was still in my shorts, 3,200 meters up, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was. A snowstorm was coming in, <laughs> and the snow was coming in so quickly that the path disappeared oh, no. and I, and the flags weren't that obvious to pick up. And I just remember running in snow in complete darkness with the exception of my head torch and not having a clue where the edge of the mountain was. And oh, like God. every step was an ass clencher. I would like, yeah. and it, it, it's amazing how in the mountains, as we're, like I suppose the sea or any extreme environment, how when things go pear shaped, everything goes wrong at the same time. Mm, and yeah. I just remember thinking, I've got, you know, I, 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 like, I haven't put my shorts on. It's getting very cold. My legs were just. But I, I, I knew that there was an aid station only about a mile or so away, but a mile is a long way. Yeah. A mountain and a coastal, yeah. and you've completely lost the the path. And I, I was just thinking, I don't know. If the next step is off the side, I don't know wow. what. Going on. And it's only sort of like in the uh, sort of maybe a hundred, two hundred yards over the coal that I could just see faint footmarks in the snow where the land is, and I, I managed to follow that got me on the right path. But that right. was dangerous because there were cliff edges, like you know, yeah. the height of Ben Nevis. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like there was no. And I just remember thinking, that's risky, you know. Like, and yeah. there were a couple of people that died in the Tour de France years before. Not yeah. a, one fell off a rock, I think, and the other died of exposure. Dan, are, are these three accounts that you're giving us the same three places where you've had the most um, scenic shits? Scenic shits, yeah. Like you shitting, you, yeah. It sounds like you were shitting yourself <laughs> all three of these occasions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, wow. So but we're yeah. lucky to have you here, basically. Then, well, yeah, we are. I'm looking, <laughs> we're looking. We're looking at you. You're still. Yeah, awesome. I, still think awesome. sort of, I think most most runners have got sort of similar kind of stories. I'm sure. Like if you if you're a common runner along coastal paths, mm. yeah, every situation. 
Yeah. Um, I, actually, I remember actually once, um, which is, we were, when I was running for Basingstoke, um, we were just running through a, um, like a farmland and there were horses, like it was just these very thin um, wooden fences. And I just remember horses, horses to our left, single horse to our right. And as we were running along, we could just see this horse just starting to trot. I, I mean, I mean a horse. I'm not talking about. I'm, I'm on about a big male horse, yeah. and it all of a sudden, just charged us, and it ran through the fence, yeah. passed us by a, about a meter and a half ahead of us, through the other fence, and into the into the pen with other horses. Now, I'm presuming that was the male and that was the females. And yeah, yeah. He saw a bunch of runners heading towards the female horses, but again, something like yeah. that that could have been like a meter and a half off. I mean, he was he was knocking out a speed like, and he was yeah, a, yeah. a unit. He would have taken out all of us. It would have been like skittles. We would have been like well, to, be, to, to be honest with you, you wouldn't have stood in my way if I was um, eyeing up um, someone on the bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Actually, I, I, I was talking about horses. Horses like like. Um, I, I, like even the other day, I was running up a pathway and there was a horse that got out and it was standing sideways on the path. It, it was the entire length of the path. And, the, and there was like a, a fence, a barbed wire fence that it was rubbing its chin on. And the only way we passed it was to walk right behind its ass. And I was like, oh, I, like it's the first thing you know. Like no, even if you yeah, don't yeah. think about horses, like don't stand behind. Don't go behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So then like, I was thinking, why do I, why do I don't need this in my life? Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's like a factor. Like, I was like, yeah. I had to climb over the fence, like, to walk around these heads and climb back over the barbed wire fence. Like, Brilliant. I mean, like, I, I just started to run. You know that question that you asked earlier on, Dan? Who lives like this? Well, I think that's the, que- the answer to that question. <laughs> but it's I mean, definitely you. Yeah. This, this stuff only seems to happen in the middle of the night on bonkers runs, have done it? Yeah, you know, it I, mean, I know. With you know, it's 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 almost like we're hallucinating stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I suppose by being out there, you're probably going to experience that because you're yeah, totally. you're spending more time out there, I suppose. But uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose if you're doing a lot of time, a lot of mileage, you, you're going to come up with these some crazy uh, things. But and it's never in normal places. It's never like running down the road. But as I said, roads are probably the most dangerous. Yeah. Running, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you you're always going to have um, you know with this weather coming in unexpectedly or a road yeah. or whatever. I have to say that cliff story though, good job you had the presence of mind just to, to grab out. It was a natural thing too, it was like the weight just Jeez. disappeared. It was, a, it was a weird, very weird. Yeah. I, I, wow. I think some of it was, I, I, I don't think I'm recollecting it completely because I think some of it is just, I don't know, like it all happened in a split second. Mm, and mm, I'm not entirely yeah. sure. I'm not entirely sure whether I stopped and slipped off the side, or whether yeah. I ran off the side, or you know, I realised that there was an edge there. It was sounds it was very dramatic. Point. Anyway, it's, uh, it was yeah. I was off the edge with my yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, was, was no that was for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was for sure. Yeah. So, what do you think motivates you to run and or race? And I guess that might have changed, perhaps, in the last few years, perhaps. But uh, be really interested to hear. Well, I'm. I think we touched on this in the last one, but 
I think um, I shared a very similar background to a lot of ultra runners, um, maybe even some ultra runners nowadays. Um, but it was, if I wasn't running, I'd be doing something that would help me. Um, mm. That's drugs or alcohol, uh, something else. Um, I suppose running creates that distraction um, mm -hmm. and that energy. Like ev everyone around me knows when I haven't run. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a happy bunny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, or very, very nice person to be around. Um, <laughs> so I, I think there's a, you know, that. And, and, and the racing is, you know, uh, it was very weird. Like I think sort of ultra running went through this, this stage. There may be a bit of it now. I don't really read a lot of running magazines or, or anything along those lines, but um, there was a bit of a sort of false free-huggingness about it in ultra running. Do you know what I mean? There was, there, it was a bit over the top, you know. Mm. Everyone was carving bits of their shoes with their knife. They, you know, this is barefoot running, and yes. it was all about the moment and the journey and getting there yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah. I've been into it a little bit. You know, yeah. it's not about the racing. It was just about being out there, man, with your with your yeah. mind and just loving it. And that, yeah. I think that's what it, it, it is like because when, on Wednesday, no one's thinking about the journey. They're thinking yeah. about where am I? How am I going to finish? What were my expectations? Um, yeah, yeah. Do I have a stomachache because I'm not in the right position I want to be, and I need a good excuse to DNF. All these kind <laughs> of things come into into the mind. Yeah. Um, and, and the same with me. And it's, it's all, you know, everyone wants to win. Like, you know, mm. no one goes out and say, well, I want to compete. It's like, yeah, sorry, I, I want to complete. It's like, mm. yeah, okay, that's true. You want to complete. But like, if, 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 if you came fifth and you're expecting to come 50th, mm. that's a winner. And you're going to bang on yeah, about yeah. one's business. And that's in totally. everyone's mind. Like, of course it is, yeah. And same with me. Like, I want to race because I want to win it. And I want to, like, people say, this boy did good. He, mm. he ran, he trained. Wow, tell me all about it. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah, and that's why it's all perfectly these natural thing. Perfectly yeah. natural thing. And I don't think a lot of it is about sort of, and I think like, and, and, and people are going to like this, but I think Killian's created a lot of that sort of, and this, and the, and the Solomon thing yeah. have created this thing that's this not Instagram, there, this Instagram perfection, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. where they kind of put these quotes up and it's all, yeah. And, and you get these things where you like these three minute shots of these guys running up like cliffs. Like, you're, like, you're not doing that. You're not doing that in the race. And you're not yeah. doing that in training. You're doing yeah, you're it. You're already doing that with the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Off and you're walking back up that. You know, and it just creates yeah. this sense of, of, yeah. of, of running. And, and that's what it's about. Actually, it's about the slog. And it's mm -hmm. about sort of the hard training and those few moments you get in each run where you're thinking, yeah, I'm loving this. Like, you know, yeah. every run I get a, a bit where, but like, yeah, this is lovely, this is beautiful. But a lot of the time I'm thinking this is painful, this is, this yeah, is yeah. like, you know. It, um, it's bloody hard work, isn't it? It's bloody hard yeah. work. And, and, I I want, like, I, I, and I want the fruits of it. I want, I want to yeah. go to race and I want to do well and I want to compete with yeah. my peers and beat them. Um, yeah. Because so we, we often talk in the podcast about, um, you know, being connected to nature and being out there and enjoying it. I think that is a really important part of it. Yeah. But, you're completely right in what you say. And I think as a runner, you're always kind of, you, whether it be challenging yourself or, or, or whether you're good enough to compete against other runners or so or whatever, there, there is an element of personal challenge as well, isn't there? And I think that's the, you know, that's what drives you to do better, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. And I think if you go out for a run, like when I go out for a run and I'm in 
nature as nature as it can get in in, in yeah. plenty of beautiful places in the UK and mm. one of them. Um, I'll stop and I'll look around and I think shit, I'm very lucky. Um, yes, yeah. I don't live in a flat in London like some people who don't have a you know a choice. Um, yeah. I'm really lucky and. Uh, although it's quite depleted, uh, there is a bit of nature still out there and birds and stuff, and it's beautiful, and the lakes are beautiful, and the mountains are beautiful. Yeah. And even when I'm running, I appreciate that. But yeah. 80% of the time, I'm like, I'm breathing heavily and like <laughs> sort of dehydrated, and I'm worried about am I running fast enough? And yeah, and when I go back, I can only have in my mind maybe six images that I remember of that run of nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. But I, I think, I suppose my point is, it's overplayed. Do you know what I mean? And they're trying Absolutely. to sell a, they're trying to sell a story that's not there. And I, I completely that's, agree. It's disappointing because yeah. it's not all like that. And no. um, I think sort of the truth of it is that you've got rain in your face most of the time, and like it's tough work. Um, yeah. And and that is just enjoy it, just as enjoyable because that's what makes it about. It's 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 tough work. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were saying there before when you're saying about, you know, you, you go to these parts of the Brecon beacons that people don't and you slog through and, and th- that you, you enjoy that for what it is. That it's the hard work element of it is pushing yourself. It's those things. And that's, um, you know, that is. Yeah, it, I, I think it gets misrepresented in, in all those things. I think I think mm. really what, 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 what does happen is, is that you've got this no matter. For me, it's about experiencing it for whatever it is. Whatever yeah. that pain is, whatever that torture is, whatever that happiness is, whatever that sadness is, coldness, upsetness, it's your experience. And I think you're right. I think it's in all these things, it's going to be a, a modicum of look at me. We're going to sell this as a brand, that type yeah, of thing. But, but you're absolutely right. It, it never is a brand. The, the, the best parts when I've been out have been those moments where I've truly, truly connected whatever it is that I'm doing. And if that's mm. pain, that's pain. And if that's happiness, that's happiness. It doesn't matter. It's, it's completely individual. I think one of the, the areas where it's still maintaining that is fell running. I think that there's, that they've really done well in keeping it to its traditional route. Yeah. There's yeah. a few that sort of maybe they're trying to get out into that sort of, you know, that, that sort of sending that dream. But it's yeah. still very much you come here, you do a fell race, it costs three quid. You yeah. get up and yeah, down, exactly. and they go, well done, there's a little bit and I'll clear off. And that's it. There's yeah, no, there's, yeah, no exactly. there's none of it. It's like in and out. But but I bet the other aspect of that, and that's something that we have here with you know, particularly with the events that I'm organising, and I'm not trying to advertise, but um, it's it's a sense of community, isn't it? You know, yeah. because there's probably the same people who meet up at those races. They all go and race hard or, or not as hard or whatever. They come back at the end. They might go to the pub after and have a beer or whatever, but they all walk away with, you know, with, with, with that sense of community as well, which is, is awesome, isn't it? And I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think uh, um, the, the great book about all that was, what was it? Feet in the Clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is a great book. And you read that, but now and I still think it resonates with the fair running community today. You know, that book's what, mm. 10 plus years now, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but you look at things like ultra running generally, it's 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 massive now. When I first yeah. started, I started what I thought was quite late into yeah. ultra scene, but um yeah. it's massive. Which is good, you know, it's 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 a good thing. Um but it needs to, you know, I suppose every now and then it just needs to 
check in a bit and sort of calm down with some of these bloody yeah these these video kits you see online is like let's well, not like that back to the purest part of it is is the, is the main part of it it's just getting back to the pure sensation of doing what you're doing whether you're competing whether you're perpetuating that sort of uh those myths on on social media I, I think social media is responsible for a lot of stuff in in society isn't it and i think like you know like you're saying about the tree hugging thing i definitely saw that you know at the, at the sort of at the onset of this like 2012 13 you know that sort of time there's a lot of people putting pictures out there and quotes and you know and anyway right so i think we're we're well into like an hour and 20 minutes again which is yeah. it's been amazing again so no, i'm just gonna great. Hit you with some quick fire questions now. Um, so, do you uh, go for gels or solid food when you're out in a race? Uh, both. Although, do you want a one, one or the other? Which, which, just, just tell us your experience, man. Yeah. Okay. Keep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our sandwiches. Yeah. I just, I, I just want to love, man. <laughs> um, yeah, both actually. I, I, I really struggle with gels. Like I think most people do that. Um, yeah. If I do, I, I just end up like I can't get it down my throat. Yeah. Twelve, thirteen hours. Yeah. I mean, I've eaten everything from tropical bananas to God knows what else. The good ones that I'm using at the moment that seem to be okay are. Um, not quinoa. What's the black seed? Um, oh, I know what you mean. Um, it's the ones that the Taramahura in Born to Run. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, those. Um, turns in, into frog spawn. Yeah, a little bit like that. And they. Um, <laughs> oh, what's it called? It's like a black it's, seed. It's, chia seeds. Chia seeds, yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, like a chia. Um, gel um, yeah. and they're nice flavors that are not too sickly and they okay. go well. so they're, they're not or, or i just use cis which are more sort of like you know they're more like um more liquid aren't they basically so, yeah yeah i you when i think about it like they say what is it's each each jazz is like a hundred calories yeah and then if you think like you if you use some very basic maths that you're burning, what, sort of 100 calories every mile or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, how's that working out? Because it like, like how many, like you're not having 100 gels, like, and, and also your body can only like burn and can, you know, and can only consume totally. 100 calories or whatever it is per minute. Um, so I'm not sure how, how gels work. And I, I, when I first started running, I did kind of buy into the, like the the protein, fats rather than the carbs yeah. diet. Which I do believe in to a certain extent. I think I probably went a bit overkill on that, but yeah. I think if you can train your body to utilize the fats more than the carbs, that yeah, that's yeah. how many walls you hit and mm. how 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 soon you hit that wall. Um, Definitely, yeah. I, I go out for runs. Like if I go out for a run for four or five hours, I, I won't take anything. Like I no water or food. Um, yeah, and I think it helps. Yeah, no, I agree. It's probably a good um, a good way to train your body, like you say, to sort of come from a fat source rather than a carb source, and and like you say, just be more 
sort of self-sufficient. Talking about gels, though, right? We interviewed somebody who's from here, Steve Hayes, and he's done loads of like Arctic ultras and all. Uh, what's, what else? He did, he's done loads anyway. His first hundred miler, he took a hundred gels with him in his backpack <laughs> and had a gel every mile. Wow! Because <laughs> that's what he thought he had to do. Yeah. He, he, by the way, he, he shot himself inside out. So that, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was obviously, you know, um, first first race mistakes. Like, but yeah, I thought that was hilarious because yeah. he yeah. he'd done a marathon and then he'd done an ultra and then he thought, oh well, you know, it, it, the logic is one every fifteen minutes or whatever it is. So he thought, right, well, I'll scale that up, take a hundred gels, and yeah. So yeah, but go. it's, it's got to be hot cross buns or fruitcake or something along those lines. Something that yeah, gonna take a good while to digest. Yeah, yeah, good complex carbs. Like, so what's your must-have kit item? What do you need for every race? Uh, my music. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bases. Yeah. I know it's 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 sort of frowned upon, but yeah. I'm gonna have music in in my ears when I'm racing. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't do it if it was around the track or something obviously but when you're yeah. like trail and you don't see anyone for hours then yeah yeah do you get it on straight away or do you wait for a few hours and then put it on or do you just well, I, I, I usually have it on at the beginning to not get carried away with the whole you know like yeah. like yeah because i would go out like an absolute ape like yeah. if, if 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 there's music and it's going to send me like so I'll have something that's actually calming. Yeah. Or I'll have a podcast on this. Handpipe moods or something. Talking about I don't know <laughs> the, the civil war or something. You know, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right down to it. Yeah. And then and let the guys run. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah. definitely music. And what what headphones do you use? Do you use like wired or do you, do you use uh, wireless or? I've got weird ears that like so at the moment I'm using like the these Samson sort of ones that fold into your ears, but oh, right. I, I, I sweat a lot, so they as soon as my ears get sweaty, they fall out. So I use right. Adidas bands, so it's like a band that goes behind your head. Okay. Or push into your ear. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. And a good, good base. You've got to have good base when you Definitely, yeah. You don't want to lose an ear, but you don't want to lose one because it's wet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. I must it's like I'm going to be deaf by by fifty. Absolutely, <laughs> I've spent hours and hours listening to like like dance Re- music, repetitive beats. Like, I, I do not want to hear those birds singing. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to thrash metal, so yeah, I think I'm probably going to wow. be joining you at fifty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what's that? What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, I know it. <laughs> I've got the tinnitus, tinnitus. So what's your top race day tip for somebody uh, who's who's perhaps, say, well, your top race day tip and maybe for somebody who's approaching their first race. So split that into two bits. Top tip for anyone sort of first day, first ultra race, for example. Um, and it's difficult not to call out the cliches because the, the cliche to say a cliche is a cliche for a reason. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is that, you need to you need to have those big mile days in, and and like you, you can't underestimate those 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 yeah. things. So, but on the race day tip, so mine would be at the beginning, um, step away from everything the start yeah. line. You know, yeah. just get into your own zone, don't get carried away. Check your kit, make sure you've got everything. Like because it's likely you got someone around with you. So if you've forgotten something, you can ask them to 
go yeah. with it. Just go through the basics again. Yeah. Have you got food? Have you got your water? Do you know where the next aid station is? Mm. Yeah, do you know where all your aid stations are? Like, you know, so you know, the problem I think like newbies have is that they're they consume everything too soon or yeah. like worry about consuming stuff too soon and not consuming it. Yeah. Portion. So, you know, reflect on on the day, reflect on your training and what you thought was right and what you thought was wrong. Um, and, and, and warm up actually. Like I would go and do a half mile run, like a very slow jog, just yeah. to check that pack. You know, is there something bouncing too much? Yeah. Um, that's going to cause a blister. You know, think about your feet. Mm. You know, like is there are there is there anything going on there that um, doesn't feel right? Have you got like you know half a mile would be enough to sort of get a feel of yeah. is your toe rubbing somewhere where it should be and yeah. fix it. Like when you're in a race. You convince yourself, not, you know, especially men, you convince yourself like not to fix it. You get through it. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of things there. There's not one thing to, to think about, but it's about just getting your own space. Yeah. Don't chatting on the start line with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just step aside and like make sure you got your basics right. Make sure your shoelaces are up. You know, are your shoelaces too tight? Um, you know, because that can cause problems. Or you know, yeah. are they too loose, double knotted? Yeah. You, know, you got all your kids. Etc. Etc. I think that's so important, um, and go and warm up as well. Right. Good advice. That I think. Yeah. Brilliant. So, have you got any bucket list races left to do? Oh, so many. Um, Good. Yeah, I think. Um, I think I'd like to do UTMB. Um, like I've, I've kind of, I did one. I did one. So, I, uh, <laughs> I did, I did the UTMB once, and it was. Cancelled to the hundred k, um, and I drank so much coffee before the start line that I shat myself on the first climb. And walked <laughs> <up the> um, <laughs> ah, brilliant! It, it didn't go well. Um, that one. Um, I like to do that properly. Uh, well, you like to shit yourself properly, on the side of a mountain. But I, I yeah, exactly. Um, but I'd also like to to do that team run. Um, I think what it's called now. It's like the sister run for UTMB, where you run for several days. Oh yes, yeah. It it goes concurrently, does it? It starts like five days before it, doesn't it? And it yeah, kind of it's yeah. Like it's a manger or something, but it's it's petit pois or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, we're calling it the pret a manger one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that looks really good. That looks quite um, quite yes. um I mean, what about yourself? Have you got what's your uh, bucket list race? I'd love to do the Dragon's Back. Uh, yeah, well, really... I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. So I, I, that's not I my really bucket would. list. Yeah. I'm already in it. So, uh, that I was... know. I think, uh, we'd have to, I think we'd have to get you back after that to talk about it, actually. I think yeah, uh, yeah. it'd be really good mm. um, to, to do that. But yeah, what about you, Lee? What, what's on your bucket list? <laughs> Do you know, I, I I don't know the the dragon's back did stick out because it's mm. my kind of thing. It's it's not you know it's not just a it's not just a race. I've, it's a it's a I've mountaineering a, thing as well. You know, and I've been quite obsessed with that race since two thousand and twelve. The first one. Yeah, it's 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 kind of one of those things. I did I did put myself down for um the it's not so much a race, but well, I went up a couple of years ago to recce out the Coolin and Sky with a friend. So um, th- there was no way I was going to get the uh, the record at all. I'm not that quick, but um, but I, I really wanted to run the um, the Sky Ridge, and, and it's yeah. not a race, but it's definitely something I want to do. Yeah. 
um, the local runner who who runs it up there. Um, geez, oh, I've forgotten his name already, but he's got he's he's won the Ben race the last ten times. I think he's incredible, really really quick guy, just just gifted at that natural running down hills and up hills and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff you've been talking about, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, yeah. Some... I, I think I think actually think of that as well as I'd love to do a race in the Himalayas. I think that would be mm. Mm, that would be amazing. Um, and I've got a bit of a, a nemesis with Andorra. Um, right. So <laughs> I've, I've I struggle with races in Andorra. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's the heat, humidity, what it is. But yeah. Um, I'd love to, like it's one the Del Sims or something is called. Yes. Um, and it's savage race. Uh, I've and heard of that. It's I don't I don't know what it is, but I struggle with the climbs on that. Like I'm really sweating and. I'd like to do that properly, like get a day where it, like get get a get a year where it's pop, it's, it's pissing it down. And like, yeah, yeah, the equaliser. So I, I've got another question here about unfinished business races. So is, is there any? I reckon the Tour de Gion, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I I think so. I think it's worth probably going back to that. Um, UT, I suppose there's a couple of UTMBs and Tour de Gion's and um, Dora one. I think those three. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah. Like if I could get my fitness back, I think UTMB would be a kind of perfect because it's not that, not that hilly. Like you know, compared to some of the races, like yeah, we've got to remember it's over it's twelve thousand meters over hundred miles. Yeah, it's it's only a thousand meters give or ten miles, which is not too bad. Like I trained, mm. yeah, sort of thousand meters for ten k. So yeah, you know, it's it's mm. not too bad. And you're in a place where you can get that good training in, can't you? Don't you? And it's manicured, like you know, the, the trail is quite. Yeah. The Americans don't call it manicured; they call it technical. technical. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you go to Norway, that's technical. Like I don't know if yeah. it's was that um, Kim Jong Un, mm. that that's technical. Yeah. yeah. Where, where you're worried about where your foot's going. Yeah, yeah. Right, I think. Uh... That, that's been amazing, Dan. Uh, I'd just like to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, me on. Me too. Great to talk about uh, old times. It's good, isn't it? It's really good, I think. Uh, it's been really insightful. I think, you know, we've spoken to a lot of people who, you know, from, from all ends of the spectrum now in this, which has been really good. Um, I think what we'd like to do, um, keep us posted on your South Wales Traverse. We'll obviously be keeping an eye. And maybe, because we're going to do a Dragon's Back episode, what we'll maybe do is get you back if you don't mind. Um, yeah. And also we've got a couple of other guys from here who've done the dragons back and we just get on oh, right. a bit of a chit chat about it and, yeah. you know, and just kind of, that'd be really cool. And then we'll maybe yeah. just get you back as well, you know, uh, uh, in tools as well. Cause I think uh, there's probably loads more we could talk about as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, I'm sure as I, after this call, I think of a few other nuggets that I should talk about. But yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you yeah. can't put it all in Dan. There's no way. You can't yeah. Put it all yeah. In. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the, the things I have to experience running up a mountain in Wales and like the, the, the looks I get off the boyfriends with like going off to their girls, like, you know, yeah, dude. probably saying like, you know, look at this, look at this tit showing off. I always say yeah. like, no, but, but, like, no, I say, no, but I actually do this. Like I do this properly. Like, yeah, you know, this is, this I'm not showing off. I am actually running up this mountain. <laughs> I'm not waiting until I pass you to run. Um, but yeah, but yeah. do you, do you kind of do your best running though as you run past the <laughs> Yeah, I run in slow motion past them. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I just I make eye contact yeah. with the girl as you go past. Like, call me. 
Brilliant. Right. Brilliant. Okay, you, well, best, thank you, Dan. And best of luck with the Traverse and the Dragon's Back. We thank will be not watching and um, yeah, yeah, well, we'll probably be in contact beforehand anyway. All right, mate. You, you okay. take care of yourself. Thank you. Right. Cheers. Thank you. Later.